Welcome to Subscriptions for Authors. Meet your co-hosts, Michael Evans, sci-fi thriller author of a dozen novels, and Amelia Rose, a semi-romance author that makes six figures per year in subscriptions. Together, we will help you make more money with subscriptions and succeed in the future of publishing. This author started her publishing journey in late 2022, and by mid-2023 is now making well over $100 a month in her subscription. Actually, it's close to $200 a month, and it gets cooler. She's not a serial fiction author. She used to be in KU, now she's Y, so she hasn't written mainly on serial fiction platforms. She's dabbled a little bit, but most of her audience comes from retailers. And at this point, the majority of her revenue in her publishing business and the vast majority of her profit comes from her subscription. So this is as an early stage author, someone has been able to, at the beginning of her career, be able to go from zero to 100, now approaching $200 at the time of recording, a month in subscription revenue. Really incredible. And this author is named Shelby Lee. We're going to be diving into her story today and really getting into the nitty gritty, not only about her subscription, but her mindset as a writer and how she approaches this industry. It was just about this time last year when she was diving into writing books and learning about the publishing industry. And this time, one year later, her business is going to make thousands of dollars this year. And hopefully that will just keep growing for her. Now, this episode has two parts to it, I would say. It was a conversation that played out naturally. In the first half, we more talked about Shelby's story, why she started her subscription, talked about Facebook parties, how she started to grow her audience, build a community for readers. And the second half of the internet really dives deep into her subscription. We talk about her tiers, we talk about physical benefits, and we talk about ultimately making her subscription work for her. It's a really insightful episode, and Shelby, we actually had speak at the Subscriptions for Authors Summit on our breakout subscription author panel and the branding workshop. So she was doing a lot for us at the Subscriptions for Authors Summit, and we're really excited to have her back officially as a guest on the podcast. I know you all will love this episode, but if you want to be in touch with the community and meet other amazing authors like Shelby, who've been able to grow their subscriptions in the last year, who are at all different stages of their career, you should join the Subscriptions for Authors Facebook group. It'll, it'll be linked down in the description, totally free to join. But anyways, let's get into this episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, one last thing before we get into it. Amelia had a little bit of a technical issue with her audio while we were recording, and we realized after the fact, so in post-production, we did our best to clean up her audio as much as possible. But when you hear Amelia, there might be just a slight weirdness fuzziness i am sorry we did our best to make the audio as crisp as possible but we didn't want to take amelia out entirely from this interview but there were some sections of her audio that we cut out in order to keep the audio as clean as possible just wanted to let you know before we get into it about that i am sorry we do our best we're a small team and we're just so excited and grateful for you listening to this podcast but if you want to help out the podcast and want to help us be able to keep making more awesome episodes for you all you gotta do is share this podcast episode with author friends. If you have a Facebook group that you go to that authors in there look for self-publishing advice, you can share this podcast with them. Share this podcast with any writer friends you have. It would mean a lot. We do our best to make it worth everyone's time. But anyways, apologies in advance. Let's get into this episode. Shelby, I feel like we've been friends for a very long time. It also hasn't been because you've only been a published author for barely like half a year, almost seven months. And in that time, your subscription yes. has gone from zero 
to well over $100 a month now, which is amazing. And before we dive into the details and all that, I just want to ask you, how did you get started? What made you decide to go so deep into your author career so quickly? Because you're now like four books published. So I'd say late 2021, I was like, I'm actually going to publish a book, right? I have so much content from other stuff. I wanted to do YA dystopian when it was out. That just didn't work out with life and everything. And then, so I have so many notebooks, so many like half books written. And then I got really deep into reading dark romance. And I was like, this, I really, I want to write this now. And ironically, my husband was going through my Kindle because we were organizing it because I was just losing everything. And he's like, there's a lot of like dark college bully romance on here is I dare you not to read it for a month. Well, that not reading it for a month turned into me writing one. So I kind of spun it on him. He's like, I'm not reading it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, I want to write it. And then I started studying because me, if I'm going to go into something, I'm going to go full force. I'm not going to just, I'm not going to just write. Like I'm going to go for it. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I actually had met another author around the time that she was looking for beta readers for her first book. And as I was asking about her journey and what she was doing, we got really close friends, but then at the same time, I'm like, wait, this is like attainable. This isn't just like this far out there dream that I've had since I was a kid. Like this is something I can do. So I kept diving. <laughs> I helped her. She published her first book. It was really amazing to be like part of that journey with her as well as she was helping me because she started alpha reading for me at the same time and that I published in September of last year <laughs> my first book and it was the KU versus Y debate that whole thing in my head and I was like the only thing I could count on is a subscription that is the most reliable thing I can do and for me I have a really bad relationship with numbers in general so I'm like this is what I'm gonna do and I launched it right around October. And I think I had like five subscribers by November. And then I think I found Reem like a month after that. <laughs> so I had been hyping Reem up literally since probably month two of my subscription. And they were excited for it. I'm excited for it. And I just kept putting the hype out there. Now I'm at, I was at 10, I lost one, but finances. I'm not going to, as somebody who cannot scrape $5 together most days, like I needed this to sustain itself or I couldn't do it. So this is the one thing I can control is having this place for readers. No, no, it's, it's very cool. And if I actually go to Shelby's subscription, which we'll, we'll link to that. And we'll also link to your website, um, the description, but you can see that it's not just like your readers. You, you mentioned $5 as an example, and I believe you do have a $5 tier. $10 tier, mm -hmm. and a $25 tier, and a $50 tier. But out of those nine members, as of today, as of recording, five of those people <laughs> are in the $25 tier. And I only know that because you say mm -hmm. you have a limit of 25 people in the tier, and there's 20 people remaining. So that means that there's five people. Five out of your nine subscribers are paying you $25 a month. That's What does that do for you at this stage? Like, I know that you are still... Like most of us listening in the earlier stages of your career, if you had to ballpark like what portion of your income that subscriptions make up, because we always get this question, maybe I should just do subscriptions when I'm like already established, already making $1,000 a month in ebook royalties or in a platform like Radish, and then I could launch my subscription. We get that question all the time. You obviously 
didn't do that. You started the subscription almost at day one. Has it been worth it? This has, I will say, even from the beginning, because I got so many right away, I was able to almost month two, month three, I was able to pay for the monthly author business expenses. So my newsletter, just all the little things you don't realize that goes into this until it's like too late and you're like $5 here, $10 there, $20 here. All those things add up really fast. And instead of having to pick and choose because I had a subscription, I was able to immediately just keep on the things that bare bones ran it. (laughs) So I would say right now with how much I'm making just off of the nine subscribers, it's 80% of my income right now because it's the battle of the algorithms elsewhere. And I don't run ads because again, that's another nickel and dime thing that I can't do right now. So yeah, if my subscription just keeps fueling me to go forward. I just think that's amazing. You started print subscription, right? Very close to when you started like publishing your book. It's already helping you pay for your author business or most of it. That's amazing. That's really yeah. awesome. <laughs> it took a stress off for sure. Because especially when everybody does it, everybody checks the dashboard and you're like, this is really low. If I don't make X, Y, Z by this time, like I can't do this thing. And it's been helpful to know that, hey, I can afford my newsletter. I can afford to do this. It's been such a, for me, a stress relief knowing that I can continue to do it. I don't have to check the dashboard every two seconds to make sure that I can continue. It's very relieving. Even me now, I don't have my Amazon dashboard wide dashboard because all of most of my income is coming from my subscription. I'm just like, I'm cool. I don't have to worry about how much Facebook or Amazon's taking from me. And I have a really bad relationship with numbers, like and an addictive personality on top of it. So add trauma and an addictive personality and then throw numbers that you have to focus on. My husband's been great. He's trying to do a lot more on the back end, especially financially for me. And it's just like, I know that when I check into my subscription, hey, as long as this covers my expenses, I can continue. (laughs) That's all I need to know. That's all I need to worry about. So right now I think my subscription is actually triple what my monthly expenses are. A little bit under now that I have an assistant, but my assistant is doing a lot of the things that were genuinely stressing me out now. Yeah. Well, now you'd even do this. Because it sounds nice, like, okay, you know, just start a subscription, you know, make it a dollars a month right right in the beginning. And now I can, you know, make this whole thing as an author profitable. I don't have to look at my bank account and go, wow, each month I'm investing into this, but instead can be like, okay, obviously full-time yet, you're not getting paid an amazing hourly rate, but but it, it's it's there and it can become something bigger. But how did you get to where you were today? You mentioned that like in October, you had those first five subscribers. Facebook parties. I was doing TikTok for quite a while until it just didn't work for my brain. But again, I had that author friend who had started. And the moment I had my pre-order up, I was able to join quite a few author groups. And so I went headlong. I did all the research I could. I moseyed around some other Facebook parties. I was like, this isn't working and this is working. And I asked questions because that's me. When I joined something new, I'm like, I need to know everything. <laughs> so it was a lot. I would say last summer was probably the biggest info dump into my own brain that I've ever done in my life. And it's paid off. And I have now tested quite a few things out that I'm like, okay, this doesn't work. But Facebook parties, the giveaways, 
as much as I don't do them as much anymore because Facebook's just become super oversaturated and notifications aren't going through. So I now pick and choose what I do for those, but especially if you can get them in the big book groups, like for bigger events or holidays or something like that. I did one Facebook party. It was like two days before my third book came out. So second in my series, technically third, but that's the whole reading order thing. But I did one and it was like four hours of just me and a group of a thousand members. And it was super high engagement, but I went back to the year before and I checked that engagement before I agreed to it. Of course, this was way after. <laughs> so this was December. If you can get into the Facebook parties and they're good, which sometimes it's throwing spaghetti at the wall, which is really frustrating, but <laughs> if you can get into them and they're good and they're right genre, you're with the right people, it's easy to get them to a Facebook group. And what I did right away, because I do have branding background, at least with graphic design, and I do have business degrees. So it's like, I, I had some stuff in my head. Like I know a little bit, I know enough to help me move forward. So I branded my readers. I didn't say, you know, Shelby Lee's reader group. They were Shelby Lee's dark and twisted readers. Take my name off of it. That's who they are. And that was from day one. Like we just did a Facebook party last month for the one year anniversary and they had a blast. Like it was like, cause it was for them, not really for me, it was for them. And so I made sure that they knew one, I cared about them and two, this is your space. <laughs> yeah, no, well, there's a lot to unpack there because first of all, you just mentioned your year anniversary of the group, but you published mm -hmm. your first novel onto a retailer seven months ago. So this was something that you yeah. had done well before, because a lot of authors, right, will get the book out into the world and then think, how do I market? How do I build my community, right? It's like that sort of process of, well, it's already out there, but you almost did the opposite process. You had the CUNY set up literally well over a hundred days in advance of you releasing the book. That TikTok, because everybody says, if you can get on TikTok early or social media, share your process. You're pulling people in. My beta readers, my arc readers all came from that because beta readers, that was the first thing I knew I needed. So I was like, I have to have a presence somewhere <laughs> to find them. We're interesting because I find a lot of times, and I, I actually want to talk to you a bit about, talked about this before. So I want to want to chat, chat about it live. When I hear a lot of conversation in the author community around TikTok, it typically tends to almost feel like we're entering a casino. I love some of the author comps that take place in Vegas, big fan of Vegas, but almost like we're like living in the casino now where can we you know, pull that slot, hit that trend right and go mega viral and skyrocket the charts. Like that tends to be a lot of the mindset that I feel I have. Like, can that next video get a hundred thousand views, 200,000 views and you know, every video you're shooting for that breakout yet you never had that breakout video yet still it was something that was clearly worth your time. When you were doing it, were you approaching it with the idea of trying to go viral or what? So with having a bit of a business background and with working in gaming and every, I, I think I've dabbled in so much stuff. It's all kind of led up to this culmination of stuff. I've worked in the music industry. I've worked with gaming. I've, I've worked on Twitch. It's been everything. So hashtags, SEO, all of that is in the back of my mind. Heck, I did direct sales for a year. I knew I was like, the hashtags matter. What you say matters. What you put out there matters. It's that research, that, that research into my genre. What are other people doing that's working? 
what am I not willing to do? I really did. I started out doing like the three to seven videos or tried to a day and that drained me so quickly, but it worked for the first couple months. It brought my readers to me and now it's the point where I do have some super fans that they post on TikTok and I get followers. So I don't have to throw myself at it. But again, I never went viral. I just found the right people because I dug and dug for the information I needed. That's the biggest thing is I don't know when I joined the 20 books to 50K group. I love that group. My favorite thing is just the smorgasbord, right? Take what you want. Take what will help you. And don't listen to anybody who's going to sit and tell you, you have to do something. I started just not listening to a lot of people. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's working for you, but why do I have to? And there's so much good advice, but at the same time, just because it's good advice doesn't mean it's good advice for you. And I'm stubborn. I declared 2022 my villain era. And so I really stopped listening to people and I just, I'm four books in, I'm working on the fifth to finish out a series. And had I listened to what everybody said I have to do, or this works for me, so do it, I wouldn't be here. Peak villain era, we also have the, imp and it, it's interesting because I agree with everything that you're saying. Like it, it, it's beautiful advice, but actually thinking about, okay, I'm just entering subscriptions. And I, in fact, it's with Ashling, Ashling Elizabeth, who is um, a mm -hmm. wonderful author, dark romance author as well. And she was at a conference, she was telling me, and she was talking to people about subscriptions. They had their ream invites and they hadn't joined yet because it was just to think to start. And it's not that pressing up. It's not that actually the setting it up is the hard part. It's thinking about what to do. What do I do? How do I approach this when there's so many different ideas? And they're still trying to figure out, I know I can't do all 10 things, but what one thing do I listen to? How do I figure out what's right that you experienced? You know, what, what made you decide to go on the path that you did? What questions did you ask yourself to give yourself these sorts of answers that work for you? Because I feel like the questions that you ask yourself might be really important people listening because then they could ask themselves. My biggest question, especially because I actually have stress-induced seizures. We can't find like a legitimate cause for them. I've done so many medical things to try to figure out how do we, how do we do this? I started having them in 2017. So I can't work a normal job because a normal job, you can't just call them up and be like, I'm stressed out. I need a week off. Like, you can't do that. And as I started to do more and to do more and to do more, I started getting sick mm. and I looked at my husband. I was like, I want to keep doing this. I wanted to be an author for my whole life. And we sat down and we picked apart all the things that I was doing. And he's, you need to decide what you want to do. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I want to write. Can I just, I can't just leave it at that. To make it a sustainable business, you can't just be like, I just want to write. <laughs> Unfortunately. So I actually hired an assistant super early. That's a whole bad story. Be very careful about who you hire. It doesn't matter who they know. But it was like, what do I really want to be doing? What's going to bring me joy? Because I can't add the stress. Mm. If I add the stress, I'm going to get sick and then I'm going to be useless to everybody. You know what? If I do this, I won't stress about the money. And if I'm not stressed about the money, I'm not stressed about how the marketing's doing. Yes, I still know I do it. At this point now, I plan one day a month and I sit down and I plan all my content for Facebook and Instagram because you can schedule it on the Meta Business Suite. 
I schedule that out for the whole month and I don't think about it for the rest of the month. I do the same thing in my reader group. It's all scheduled. And all I focus on is one day. And then the rest of it, you know what I can focus on? Writing. <laughs> so it's what do you want to do? And what parts of it bring you joy? What parts of it are you doing that you don't actually have to be doing? If it's not moving your business forward, why? Are you doing it because somebody told you to? Or are you doing it yeah. because you want to be doing it? Like there, there's a whole, I've done a lot of reading and it's an interesting because I've been in the burnout slash depression in the last two weeks. So I've had a lot of time to think. It's really about what you want to be doing weighed against what everybody's telling you to do. <laughs> that is like... If that makes sense. <laughs> it's very deep and it's so much sense, but it's really hard to know. There's a, there's a quote that I like that I don't know who said it, but I didn't come up with it, which is, you know, when you have something that you feel like there's something on the to-do list, you have options. You can do it, do it later, or cross it off and not do it at all and just say it's never going to happen. And that is the most powerful thing. Like the decisions you don't make, the things that you don't do, the things that you cross off, you give yourself permission. I am freeing myself from this task. And it is it is quite challenging because so many of us are indie authors because we want to have the freedom to be able to not stress ourselves out at a nine to five, to not have to, you know, follow the rules of this or listen to this restricting schedule, to be able to be there more for our family, be able to live a better life for ourselves. And then the 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 perverse thing has, which is that running your like it's like the the extreme of freedom is slavery. Uh so you get you become so free that you become enslaved to your own vision, to your own creativity. And I was reading a book about this recently and burnout. And you were talking about stress and the health toll it took on you. And I think, I mean, it relates to me because I don't personally have um, any sort of, I've never had a seizure before, but just this past week, um, part of why we're recording a few days later than we planned on, because I had a eye thing. My eye got super swollen because I had pink eye. And why did that happen? My immune system was down. And this happens to me quite frequently. And I'm aware of it. And it's something I struggle with, which is like basically chronic stress. And I enjoy it. Chronic stress, actually like the pressure of this day or this, or I need to get this done, or is this going to work out? Like it actually is kind of fun in moments, but you can't live that way. Always the stress has to turn off. And the number one reason for premature death is correlated to every major disease, obesity, heart disease, you name it is chronic stress. It's the worst thing ever. And I feel like a lot of us- Last week, we were talking about the same thing because I've in so many projects that I really truly want to work on and I don't have time for them. I can't do all this, but I want to. And I had this running test that just, I could never get done. And it just kept piling and piling up until I was just like super stressed out. I totally get where you're- I've actually likely hired two assistants last time we talked to Michael. Proud of you both. I think all that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, the, the tough part is you're never, there's never a moment where you've like conquered it. Like you're never going to be like, oh, I've got the perfect plan. Perfect. It's something. And I love that you said, Shelby, that we were visiting, right? Every 30 days that you look at this and every 30 days you're thinking about it to have a sort of regular reflective process of like, Am I going off the rails right now? Am I like following someone else's path that I don't need to be is really important because the world moves fast. 
and things internally in our minds and have to be able to slow things down. So I think that's really, really important. And I'm curious over the last six, seven months since you published your first book, since you released your subscription, I know you've made some big internal changes in how your business functions and what you're prioritizing, but I'd be curious what some of those lessons you've learned have. You don't have to join every Facebook party. I was doing up to four a day. Wild. It felt like the only way. It was ridiculous. I had <laughs> scripts so that I could just copy and paste to get them scheduled, right? Wow. But then you're spending so much time on the interaction, which is great. But depending on where you are and depending on the readers, uh, you end up attracting a lot of people who just want the free stuff. Mm, and they yep. don't, like, they'll literally join the Facebook group share the screenshot, they'll get their free book, and then they'll leave the Facebook group. And then a couple weeks later, you'll find the same person doing the same thing for the same book. It started wearing on me because, yeah, it's nice to give them the first book for free. But then when they hold on now, you've now got the first book three times over for free. You've got the second book for free. You've got the third book for free. And you're not even leaving reviews. So it's like, what, where, what is my ROI on doing this? And so I was just like, okay, so I took and I picked the Facebook groups that fit well with my genre. And I said, okay, these are worth it. I cut down on who I did parties with because we share too much of the same readership. Now there are like three friends that I will do a Facebook party with no matter what. I'll even grumble to them about it and be like, all right, fine. <laughs> but they're my friends. So at this point it's not showing up to a friend's birthday party. Eh. <laughs> you kind of go with it, but you got to pick and choose where you put your time. And Really, what I've found is you can go back and see the few past parties. You can find out if the interaction is worth it. Um, I just did one. My assistant got me in one that was like, the interaction was like 30 plus comments per post per person. It was just huge. Whereas generally you get maybe two. So it's all about asking and vetting the experience from other authors before you jump in because you throwing spaghetti at the wall is great but <laughs> it's not effective and when you're doing the same groups the same people over and over readers get tired i actually had a conversation with a group of readers because i have a group chat with some readers that i've been really good friends with since almost the start and they're like yeah i don't even check it <laughs> like they just scroll and they'll go get the book and then they'll ignore the group until the party's done and so I was like, okay, that's interesting to hear. And I heard that like month two. So, okay. So then I started paying more attention. And then I started saying, okay, why is everybody's Facebook groups just full of promo for everybody else? So I cracked down on my group and I said, I don't want to do this because my group is for me and selfish or not. I can say, Hey, yeah, you can share your stuff, but I did it for, okay. So you can only share it on this post during the week. Readers said they couldn't see that. So instead of just saying, Hey, it's a free for all. I pick and choose what I allow people to promote my group because then it keeps my group free and clear for my readers. We're getting up to where my readers are interacting, not my just the same people over and over anymore, which is great. So it's the marketing itself is such a pain, but if you study and you pay attention to what you're doing and quality over quantity is the big thing. Cause I know now I'm sure Amelia knows this too. You end up adding so many other authors and then you see so much other promo and then you're just flooded with it. It's hard to check on Facebook anymore, but 
if it's quality and not just spammed everywhere, I feel like it's more important. <laughs> I mean, option marketing that like trying to like make the make the one sale, the one time transaction is not the, the approach to to how you do it. You want to build a lifelong relationship with the reader in the world of subscription marketing, which I know we all here firmly believe that regardless of whether you have a subscription or not, or all your readers are on your subscription or not, we're all engaged in a subscription industry where your readers have to stick with you month over month. If they don't do that, you're going to want to die as an author. It's that simple. It's harsh, but true. So building relationships with your readers, providing them value up front is the way to build trust. And I think people are increasingly becoming more and more blind to ads and more and more blind to things where they think someone's asking something from them. I think you can view it like, do you want to be the guy? And I've had this experience myself. You maybe walk down a city like New York City is an example, but there's other places that do this. You're walking down the street in New York City, maybe in Times Square, going by a restaurant and the guy's outside the restaurant with the menu going, hey, do you want to sit inside? I got us. This is where you go to eat. And it's like two things, two things on that. One, I immediately be like, why are you so desperate for walking? And most people think that, honestly, most people think that. And the second thing is that anyone like Tom, no matter who it is, anyone in the world can market a discount. Like, like the nothing, anyone can give away free toilet paper, right? But do you want to be the books that people like, you know, the metaphor there, do you want to be that kind of book or do you want to be the kind of person who can convince someone to actually pay more like $25 a month, like your readers are paying you than anyone else? Cause you can provide that value to someone. There's provide value, health, wealth, and relationships. And stories are building relationships. So I think that side of marketing is just like a, the Facebook parties can be interesting, but I'm sending them chapters every week. So it's interesting. And to bring it back to subscriptions, what I really want to dive into now, and we do this with every author we bring on who has a subscription, which is almost every author on this podcast, of course, I want to talk about your tiers. And I'm really specifically interested in asking you about how you structured what we'll call your early bird or founding reader benefits, the people who are joining your subscription before May 1st, I think it is. Tell me. Mm -hmm. So I actually, again, like everything else, I've done it backwards because I was initially offering things same price. I wasn't going to do founding member anything. And then I think, yeah, no, it was a chat with you, Michael. <laughs> we were talking about pricing and because I went to the post office and I was just like, this is going to eat everything. And so I couldn't do it. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay with offering the physical goods that I'm offering, which like everybody that joins up right now can get a bracelet. Now it's just a rose gold bracelet and I give them a charm upon joining. And then three months, they get another, so six months, they get another, nine months, they get another, they get an extra special one in a year. And then it just rinse and repeat. Bear it on their wrist. Like I... I have yeah. these charms. Imagine one day you have a reader convention or just readers online in a Zoom and they're going, oh, let me show you your bracelet. And then immediately you're going to have these readers who only have one charm. Then all these other readers who have six charms are going to be like, oh my God, how can I get six charms? It's like, you weren't here early enough. Sorry. Now you'll get six charms in a year and a half and that's okay. And then there'll be people yeah. looking at you like, oh my God, 
I can't believe I have one charm, but status is so important. And, you- and I see, and I got that from the subscription for authors group. I got inspired by Christopher Hopper, like everybody else did. And then I'm like, wait, how do I turn this? Now the pineapple. Let's talk about the pineapple. It was a joke. Way too far. <laughs> <laughs> it is now just what people associate me with. So I was like, all right, whatever. I was like, this is just my thing. So it's now my branding. And I've gotten to the point where the pineapples are just on my thing. So it's just my merch. It has nothing to do with anything but a stupid joke. And then it just, that's where we're at. And now I make sure to add a pineapple, any pineapple reference in every single thing I write. It like, it doesn't matter how big or small, the readers will still comment on that. I love that it's something so, that it's like, what? Like, pineapple but that's the point <laughs> on the inside for the fans it's like everything that pineapple is it, it represents their connection to you which is i think really great branding and it's it's authors when they're searching for their subscription it's like if you're looking for things to title gear to your names things to maybe give out in charms which i want to talk a bit more about the postage in specific because i know that was a bit of a whoa postage wow that's more expensive basically uh <laughs> You should think about the symbols, the colors, the settings, the places that your readers will connect to in your books. Even if, And it doesn't have to be something so profound. It could be something silly. And if that's what your readers are connecting with, that, that is the whatever it is. And I think, I think you nailed that. But what you maybe didn't nail was the pricing, which is okay. How, how did you think about pricing your subscription beforehand and then after you figured out yeah shipping is ridiculous so we had already priced things out and hey if i send it this way it'll be cheaper but then i was like the bracelets need something special to go in i didn't think that the post office was going to charge as much for a padded a little padded envelope i don't know the sizing of it we already had them because i ordered them they weren't the right size for the books and I was like the bracelets perfect we'll just send them in that and had I sent them in a regular letter it would have been like two dollars something like that but in the little padded envelope it was like five dollars a piece to send and I had one reader in Canada now this one reader has been with me since the start of my subscription I didn't charge her she would have paid she wanted to pay I was like no you've been here since what October so I was like you're fine I'm not, <laughs> but that was $15. So I was like, okay, I've got to switch this because I was doing five, 10, 25, 50. Nobody's on the $50 chair, which is fine. I wasn't separating us and international because I didn't, I didn't look in again. We're back to the numbers where I don't like to study too much. It's just, that's just me, but we priced it. We thought it was going to be fine. And then my husband who goes to the post office for me, he went and they charged him $5 a package. And we're like, that's, there goes the whole $5 tier plus the extra paid for the bracelet plus the charm. If somebody wants to come in, even like in this early stage where I said, everybody gets the bracelet until May 1st. And then it was going to go up to the $10 tier and up only like that just ate into almost two months of that $5. And so if somebody wants to come in, grab the brace and leave, now they can do that. So I bit the bullet the first time. And then I reached out to you, Michael. I was like, panic. I was like, oh, what do I do? Like, I can't do this. So now they will get the bracelet after three months. Plus they'll get their bracelet the 
joining charm and then they'll get their three month charm. So at that point, they've been with me long enough. It covers the cost, but especially cause that $5 tier. So now they've three months, they're 15. They've now paid me $15. It cost me $6. Let's just say overall $6 when you chop everything up. So, you know what? That's fine for me right now. Cause I've already offered it up. That is what it is. But after that, I was like, okay, how do I make this work? And so after May 1st, all of my prices are changing, not all of them. So I'm going to do the five, then I'm going to do 15 and 15 gets the bracelet. And then it's going to be 25 still. And then I've since decided, I don't know if I'm going to continue to offer paperback books just yet, because I'll leave it for the early adopters. Because again, the ones who join you earlier, the ones who really want it anyway, at least right off the bat. So I'm going to take that benefit away for a little while. And this then is a good cautionary tale. I have to people. separate the U.S. I had just got paid for my December release and that was my biggest month yet, which by the, I mean like 150 overall. <laughs> it's good, but I don't want to be like, oh, it's a really good number. It's, eh. It worked. So I was able to pay, but all of that went, it was just all gone mm. because of shipping. And I'm sitting here, I was like, I still have to get a whole nother pack of ISBNs and those aren't cheap. And I have so many other things that I still have setup costs for. And I was like, I can't offer this anymore. So I actually, in my newsletter this week, I'm going to be like, Hey, these benefits are going May 1st, whoever signs up between now and then, yeah, they'll get those benefits. But in the long run, I have now grown that profit margin, which is what needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You so it was definitely eye-opening. You want to offer these things. You want to offer all the goodies and be like, Come join, get all the good things. But at the end of the day, if you can't operate after that, and as much as I want to be like, I just want to tell my stories, you no, know, I kind of want to make money too, because I haven't been able to work a job since 2017. I can't even do like work at home stuff. Cause again, you can't call up any job and be like, I need a whole week off. Yeah. So it's like, as much as I would love to just be like, read my free stuff, I gotta make it sustain itself first and my readers understand. I'm very lucky that I haven't, I've grown, but I haven't grown to crazy numbers yet. So those nine people, I can send out a, hey, so this is what I've discovered. And they listen. Now, half of them are in a group chat that I talk to daily. So <laughs> they already know this going in and I get their feedback immediately all the time. So that's been great. Yeah. The readers turning into friends has been the best part of it. Really, really great lessons there. I think... I think the big one being that you have mistakes and it's never going to be perfect. So mm. but you have to make that change. So the fact that you made the change, communicated the change and are now going to make it different going forward is, is great. Another thing too, is don't be afraid to, if something's not profitable for existing fans, you can still up the price that happens and tell them, please swift shift tiers. Don't be afraid to tell an existing fan, you have to pay more. I messed up. They might get mad at that, but it's with them about, hey, look, the shipping's this much. Like you don't you don't deserve to be losing money every month just because of a promise you made that, yes, we say under promise over deliver, but uh, that sometimes you might make a promise that you're not sure that that was actually over promising. So that happens and it's okay. And I think the last thing that's really key is that your most of your subscription now is based around early access and access to this broader world they're getting of these exclusive novellas mm -hmm. and these other content that they don't get anywhere else. That being the foundation of what you're doing is probably a more in the long run. 
And I'm curious, as our final here before we end off our conversation, which is forward and your subscription, what are your goals or something that you'd like to achieve or release in your subscription? So I have this whole big world in my head, like most of us. And my goal is short and sweet is I want my subscription to work for me, not me working for my subscription. And then I really, I'm tired for working for the retailers too. So I've, I'm changing my whole release process because I was doing every three months and that's exhausting. I'm focusing on the writing and I'm like, you know what, if I grow slower, it's fine, but I can't do the high paced being, being neurodivergent or neurospicy, I call it neurospicy because it sounds cooler. <laughs> I like that. Being neurospicy, I'm like, no, I have to go by my own thoughts and my own processes and doing what everybody else is doing is not working. I actually hit a point of burnout and depression the last month and I just, the last two weeks, just mulled everything over. I'm like, you know what? My subscription is going to get all of it first. And when the subscription is done getting it, because I'm going to write it that $25 and up tier, they're going to get it as I'm writing it. And then I'm going to do my edits and betas that I've been doing. And then the lower tiers are going to get a chapter by the end of that chapter. Then it'll go on retailers. Tiered, tiered and not, tiered. I like yeah. it. I am not putting pre-orders up until I know that, hey, this is out, this is working. And so I'll probably put two weeks of pre-orders, but I don't get a lot of pre-orders anyway. I'm still small enough that I can make all these changes and make it work for me first. And that is, it's the strangest thing to say. I am, I'm grateful that I haven't grown fast, but at the same time I did. But I'm going to make it work for me at this point and do my own thing, trudge my own path like I've always done. And at the end of the day, I think that's the biggest advice that I can give to anybody is that you got to make it work for you. And otherwise, for me, it sucks creativity out. <laughs> that's, I love it. Making it work for you. It's very difficult once you build anything to a certain level to change its direction. It almost has a momentum of itself. And this isn't true for you, Amelia, but I've seen this for other authors where you almost build your business on a sort of house of cards where you actually can't take profit out. You can't take the life that you want to live out of it. And when you actually pull out that one card to try and finally give yourself some of that breathing room, it can fall apart if it doesn't have, again, that stronger foundation. And yeah, there's, it's underrated to, to, you know, take your time. Most creative people, most people who make a living as an author, don't go from zero to 100 subscribers, zero to 1000 subscribers, zero to hundred K in a year. It's okay if it takes you three to five years. It's more important to actually make that process something you love. So Shelby, this was an amazing episode with you today. It's been a year. It's been a very long year, but I have learned a lot of lessons very quickly. Wow. Episode 36 in the bag. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I had a ton of fun. Shelby's a great author, great friend of mine. And I just think it's so inspiring that she has been able to start her subscription at an early stage of her career 
and make it really meaningful for her author business. I hope it inspires you. And I just want to say thank you if you're listening, if you're at this point in the podcast. It is crazy to me how much can change in a year. Like, just insane. It's been about like 35 days, something like that, since Rain launched. It's June 14th. It's like 12 hours before this podcast releases. It's it's nighttime. And I just, everything in my life has changed in the last year. Everything in our lives changed. Everything in this community has changed. And I was looking today at the numbers, looking at the success that some of you have had in this community. And just last night, I posted in the Facebook group asking for people who have started their subscription last year and seen success and it was so cool to see tons of you respond to that and on Rain now we have over a hundred of y'all that are each month making money in the platform that is it's crazy to me like out of out of y'all listening to this podcast like there's just so many of you already succeeding it, it's so cool and we created this podcast to hopefully help you all make more money for your subscription start your subscription as an author and succeed in the future of publishing and I think one year in, we're still at the beginning of our journey, but I'm really proud of all of us being able to take these steps forward and our community to just have such an amazing time this last year. We released the first episode of this podcast literally just about a year ago. And in the last year since then, over 20,000 of you have listened to this podcast. Wow. 20,000 times this podcast has been downloaded or listened to across devices. That's just, that's just wild. But beyond the numbers, I've seen and met dozens, actually hundreds of you that I've talked to over the phone at this point, hundreds that I've called with that have become genuine, huge friendships in my life and huge sources of inspiration and giving me hope that this industry as we move forward as authors, as we move forward in publishing, is headed into a place that gives us as creatives more control. That gives our readers a better experience. And that gives us as storytellers more opportunities to make a living on our terms and in a way that's sustainable for us than ever before. That's ultimately what subscriptions is all about. And that's ultimately what you all are making come true day by day. It's so cool. And I just really have to say thank you. I started this, I guess, when I was a teenager, we started working on this community. I feel like I've always grown up with this community, although I feel like I have a lot growing up to do. I was 19 when this all started. I'm 21 now. And I'm entering my senior year of college. I'm just like looking ahead to like my life and like the future of like, what I'll be doing when I'm like an adult. And the answer is so clear to me. I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be working on subscriptions for authors. I'm going to be working on helping all of you in the ways that I can move forward in our author careers and move forward in making this industry better for all of us. That is what a dream. What a dream come true. And this week being the one year anniversary of the podcast, one year since the episode of me in my hotel room with my grandpa where I was visiting a writer's conference, interviewing Amelia about her story as an author and how she was able to get tens of millions of views on serial fiction platforms. And then from there, parlay that into this figure subscription that we, we know and have learned so much from. 
that started just about a year ago. Just about a year ago. There was no website. There was just a YouTube channel. Technically, the first podcast episode, like on the RSS feed, was uploaded like at the beginning, I think, of July or very end of June. But this is one year since the YouTube channel started. And we are literally just getting started. I think now we've recorded through episode 51 of the podcast, so we're quite a bit ahead. Sorry, we've got a lot in the pipeline. And we're already plotting out through episode 55 and going, just keep like meeting cool people. And I'm like, hey, come on the podcast, gotta talk, you know? That's kind of the plan. Like, we just go through our lives, meet cool writers, see cool stories. We're like, we gotta talk to you. We gotta, we gotta share you with our community if you're cool with it, if you're cool with it, because I think we all can benefit from this. And it's just been fun. It's been, it's been the coolest thing ever. And I, I just, just want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you. And, and there's anything I can do in return for you helping make my dreams come true by being able to work in this community with you, by being able to help lead this incredible community of authors that is literally at the beginning of a monumental change in this industry. I want to be able to help you help your dreams come true. So feel free to reach out to us anytime at contact at ream.inc. Feel free if you are on the mailing list. If you're not on the mailing list, you should join it. It's at subscriptionsforauthors.com. We'll send you a free book all about subscriptions. And then if you're on the mailing list, reply to our emails. I'm always happy to help you. I'm always happy to chat. Seriously, like ever since I was a kid, like all I want to do is be a storyteller. And I just had so much struggles being a storyteller myself from the mental health, from the business model, from the highs and the lows that to try and impart some of the lessons I've learned and to try and help build a community and build a technology that could be in partnership with us as authors rather than feeling like it's lording over us, working against us. It's just, I, I can't describe it. Like it just, thank you. Thank you. And you'll be hearing more reflections from me I'm getting into more of a writing reflective mode because it's summertime and I'm excited to share a little bit more of some really personal stories that I've been through that I think can help us all as writers, but that'll be more in the future. I know this was a longer, longer outro than normal. Most of you probably aren't even listening anymore, but if you are, yeah, sorry for the sappy ending. Sometimes I'm just really grateful and sometimes I just look back and just just want to almost like cry just because it's like I would have never imagined you know being able to be a part of something like this and I'm just thankful for the opportunity to be a part of this with y'all and I'm so grateful f for you being a part of this with me and with us we'll see y'all soon and don't forget storytellers rule the world Thank you.